professionals at Harker Mellinger add free time to your schedule by providing a cost-effective bookkeeping service as well as adding useful management reports for your business. Call or visit Harker Mellinger at 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. And remember, the initial consultation is always free. You opened your account with your local Sunlight Federal Credit Union, but maybe you find yourself on vacation or going to college or are moving away and you wonder how will you access your account. Well, don't worry, it has never been easier. You can access your account at more than 5,000 co-op shared branch locations in all 50 states, just like you were at your home credit union. To find the nearest branch, visit coopsharedbranch.org. Sunlight Federal Credit Union, banking done local no matter where you are. Sunlight Federal Credit Union, member NCUA, an equal housing lender, building a brighter future together. In this day and age, everyone's looking for a great value deal. Well, look no further than your locally owned McDonald's. The $3.50 value deal is available at your McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Choose from a McDouble, hot and spicy, or six-piece chicken McNuggets, plus a small fry for $3.50. Now that is the value. Don't forget to download the McDonald's app for even more great deals. Look no further for a great value deal than your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. At Sheridan Funeral Home, we are very proud of what we do and promise that we will take care of your loved ones with the respect and dignity that we would want for our own loved ones. We respect all faiths, creeds, and customs. To us, this is a service and a ministry to our friends and community members and a passion that we have to be there when you need us. Visit SheridanFuneral.com or call Kimberly or Carrie at 307-683-9200. Sheridan Funeral Home and Cremations, compassionate service for the Sheridan community. You bagged your trophy elk. Now imagine having its ivory handcrafted into the perfect piece of jewelry. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, their in-house jewelers can take your memory of the big hunt and preserve it into fine pieces of jewelry to last generations. Using your imagination, the skilled jewelers at Legacy Diamond and Gems can create something truly exceptional. Visit them at 11 North Main Street or online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. Hurry in now. Wrap Plumbing and Heating can handle any job you have, big or small. From new construction to a pesky leaking toilet, the professionals at Wrap Plumbing and Heating are here to assist you. Trippy faucet? Sure. New shower hardware? No problem. Plumbing an entire new house? For sure. Logs that need snaked? Oh yeah. Wrap Plumbing and Heating has not met a job they can't handle. Too big a crap? Call Dan Rapp at 429-1196. At Stiefel, we specialize in helping investors like you build and preserve your wealth, and when the time comes, pass it along to future generations. If you have questions regarding your important financial goals, planning for retirement, giving to your favorite charity, or leaving a legacy for your heirs, contact me, Patrick Johnson, at Stiefel Investments in Sheridan, 672-3434. Stiefel Investments, member SIPC and NYSE. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whiting. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. I am in the studio, folks. Now, roads are actually not that bad. I imagine uh, if they are not open already, they will be soon. Um, as uh, I do believe it was uh, Trevor this morning posted on Facebook, 
Uh, sometimes they close the roads to ensure that other towns do not get an influx of uh, visitors who can't get any farther uh, and uh, kind of have to park those trucks in a lot of different parking lots. And so we that's a way to try and prevent that from happening. Now, have you ever wondered who the person is on the other side of the 911 call? The only thing the majority of us know about them is their voice, which is why National Public Safety Telecommunications Week is observed every second week in April. This week has been set aside to recognize and celebrate the work of telecommunicators helping to save millions of lives every day. Joining me this morning are the chief of the Sheridan Police Department, Travis Coltiska, and communications technician, Cindy Shepard Godwin. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning, Floyd. Good morning. Now, uh, Cindy, how long have you been with the Sheridan Police Department? 23 years. Forever. <laughs> yes. 23 years. Yes. Distinguished career. That's amazing. 23. Uh, now, what inspired you to, to jump into this position? Because this, <laughs> you know, I, a lot of people might think, you know, hey, you answer calls all day. But when I think of this position, I think of emotional stress. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys take on a huge load for us mm-hmm. and, and you carry that around. What, what inspired you to do this? Um, you know, it's actually, I, it was never actually on my spectrum of even thinking about going there. I was actually working here at the radio station. Oh, really? And um, several of the radio station employees actually went to work at the police department. And one of my best friends was like, you know, you need to come down here. This is the city is an awesome place to work. Um, awesome benefits, retirement, everything. I didn't even know what I was getting into. Yeah. I just thought, you know, it, it seems like it's a good step in my future. So I stepped up on and took the test and passed it and they were as usual like all dispatch centers desperate and they just needed to get some people in there because it just seems to be that dispatchers usually have about a seven-year lifespan and then they leave so I uh I mean they hired me instantly and I fell in love with the job and I love everything about the job and I like actually helping people, but not having the hands on like the officers have to do. Yeah. And, um, I've just stayed. And like I said, I mean, my benefits and everything that I've been able to do with the city has been phenomenal. I've done some fabulous trainings and I've got to travel for trainings and I have met some awesome people working there. So, and I've helped a lot of people and I've helped Fan, friends and family, you know, people that I've actually done a 911 with and then come to find out that that's a family member, a friend. One of your family, loved ones. Not one of mine personally, but a friend's family member that, you know, I just helped somebody save their mom's life. And that was somebody I went to high school with. Yeah. So. 23 20, years. 23 years. The yeah. usual burnout is seven. Seven. What was it that kept you in that seat? Um, gosh, I don't know. I think it's, um, I love the people that I work with. I mean, there's nothing better than 
law enforcement as far as I'm concerned. And um, seriously, we've been supported by our community and um, by our officers, you know, um, and the city takes really good care of us for the most part. You know, in the military, that's 20 years. You could retire. Well, technically with law enforcement and um, because dispatchers are actually considered law enforcement, so we're in the law enforcement retirement along with the officers, I can retire at 20 years. No, she can't. <laughs> exactly. For the record, but, I'm not allowing yeah, it. That's right. But um, unfortunately, when I first started in 2000, they had not put dispatchers into the law enforcement retirement. They didn't put us in until 2004. So I actually have to do 24 years to get my 20 in law enforcement retirement. Are you going to stick around, though? I don't know. November. <laughs> I, <laughs> he's nodding pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, he's. Yeah. I, I've, I've threatened her times. <laughs> Offers are going to be on the right. table, I am sure. Yeah. 23 years, I'm sure there's not a lot you haven't had to to deal with when people call i mean right there's probably not there's a lot not you a haven't lot heard that excites me anymore yeah yeah it's like eh, i've done this one yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean having that experience yeah you know especially for someone who would come in like if i just suddenly decided to be a dispatcher which believe it or not before i started here at the radio station was on my spectrum um but i what i sat and thought about the most was how am I going to deal with the stress? How am I going to deal with the emotional toil that that's mm-hmm. going to bring? And and that, to be fair, I, I I never found an answer to that. What is Cindy? If you don't mind me asking, what is your answer to that question? Um. So I relied very heavily when I first started there on my family because. At that point in time, I was single, um, but both of my brothers were volunteer firemen, so they were experiencing a lot of the things I was kind of experiencing, not so much the law enforcement version, but the medical and the fire version. So I know that there was a particular call, and it it's silly now because it was probably one of the easiest calls, but it was one of them that just kind of rode hard with me that night, and I remember calling my mom and going, we need a family dinner. And my brothers dropped everything, and we all just had family dinner. And I I think um, it might have been a call one of my brothers was on also. So I was able to kind of, like, get – because dispatchers don't get a lot of closure because the fact we're behind the mic once everybody arrives, we're done with the call. So unless – a fireman or a police officer or an EMT or paramedic calls us and says, hey, this is how it's ended up. We don't get anything. No resolution. Right. So um, I was able to get that. So I've relied on my family a lot. And, of course, talking to coworkers. And that's, like, the biggest thing there is, like, okay, listen, this is how this call went. I'm not feeling good about it. And what are your thoughts or your ideas? But I've learned over the years that when I walk out the back door of the police department, I leave everything there. Because if I take it home with me, I, then I obsess about it. So I have to leave it at the police department. And then when I come back the next day, I'll pick it back up and go from there and, you know, talk to people or whatever or um, search out the answers I need. Like, did they make it or yeah. 
what was the cause of it or whatever I need. It, being able to leave it at the door, you know, that and, and it's such a gift, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. for those who can actually do that kind of uh, leaving, just drop the bag as you're heading out. Yep. Pick it up in the morning when you get in. Uh, it's, I hear that a lot, especially in like law enforcement. Uh, uh, talked to a prosecutor once about that and same, same thing. I have to leave it here. Mm-hmm. If I don't, I sit in at home, lay in bed, sit in church, and it just rolls around right. in your head all the time. And it's got to be a, a, a big challenge. What's the turnover rate? Uh, you said like on, on average, it's about seven years that mm-hmm. people can take. In your experience, though, watching this happen, what's the turnover rate for, for a communications technician um, outside of that? Like due to emotional turmoil, uh, do you see a lot of people show up, come to grips with what the job is, and then just kind of bow out? I do, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they put a lot of, they've got a lot of training out there for dispatchers and for law enforcement in general of mental health training. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and we're really good about trying to get everybody to as much of that kind of training because really we need to take care of ourselves first so that we can take care of everybody else. So um, we definitely try to get all of our dispatchers into mental health training. And I know they push it quite a bit because police officers, our dispatchers also have to attend two weeks at the police academy because we also have to be certified through the state, through post. And so one of the classes at the academy when a new dispatcher starts is a mental health class. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that buddy check. That, that right. you were talking about before. Well, we luckily we are in teams at the police department. So I am always with the same police officers and the same partner. And we we create a family with our little team and you know, we go to each other's houses sometimes and at barbecues or whatever and we we can talk to each other, not only just as um co-workers but i mean they're my family now yeah. so uh that helps a lot like especially with the mental health part 23 years you've right. you've, you've watched their babies grow up i'm pretty sure i'm working with their babies. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah family legacies and law, law enforcement and yeah i could see that absolutely yes uh but i, I can identify with that because even though we all might be second platoon I had my squad when right. as a squad leader right. and my squad were the ones this this is is what I take care of mm-hmm. this line of troops is is who I take care of they're the ones I'm checking on yeah. and so I could see that it's it's a great structure uh it builds that confidence in each other it builds that camaraderie and it builds a family mm-hmm. you know I've been out for almost 10 years now still in communication with with my guys yeah. uh, n- not all of them but a lot of them. Well, like I say, um, I have my friend group, and ironically enough, every, almost every single person in my friend group used to be a dispatcher. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you find yourselves uh, kind of leaning on one another now and then in that friend group where all of a sudden um, you'll be like, oh, today I faced this you know, over a beer or something? I do, I do. I have, um, in fact, my three best friends are 
former dispatchers and uh, we have girls night and I usually don't bring anything from work with me to it, but they understand what I've gone through that day. Like if I say, I really just need to vent today and they understand. And then they usually like, well, this is what's happening out in the real world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let, let me catch you up on what right. else is it's going on in the United world. States. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Bring you back down here. Right. Now, if, if we were to look at uh, a, a day in your life, Mm -hmm. Uh, what would that look like as a communications tech? Um, you know, I take an, so when it's the day shift, um, which we work 12 hour shifts, um, I spend an awful lot. I spend an awful lot of time yesterday answering the phone about the light being out at, um, Brundage street in Maine. Yeah. (laughs) One of the, one of those calls was from me. (laughs) And the sheriff and several police officers and then um real police officers. Right. I did hear that, right? Ouch. <laughs> so, it's true. It's true. Several I police officers. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh I you know, I don't know. It's every day's different. I mean you yeah. can't predict nine one one. I love it when somebody asks me, um, you know, I've got an officer or a ambulance going to a call and they're like, How long is it gonna take them? You know, I, I really can't tell you because I can't predict what's going to happen between the time they leave wherever they're at to get to where you're at because yeah. there's so many things. Or somebody asking me, um, well, do you have 30 minutes free? I'm like, I, I have no idea what what's going to happen in 30 minutes on this phone. That's right. <laughs> Nine one one goes off anytime it wants to, so... So it's not yeah. it's not really a fact I, I can have, step away yeah. for an extra duty. There's days that I actually have made it home and then texted my partner back and said, uh, yeah, so I haven't gone to the bathroom today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this man. Is the first yeah. Time I've done it. Wow. Just so, just yeah. glued to that. And and what are you looking at? Cuz I I imagine so you've got So we have screens. six screens. Wow. In front of us, um, we have. Don't forget about the four fifty-five inch screens. Well, top. yes, we have very large screens that show us um, all around the police department's property, and then we can also see all of City Hall, and then we can see um, into the schools if we need to, because all the schools have cameras in them. So if we know if something's going on in a school, we can actually switch our cameras over and see what schools going, what's going on in that school, and then um, Kendrick Park, I believe. When it worked, yeah. Yeah. And then um, what we mainly look at is our CAD screen, which is um, our Q- com- our CAD. Computer-aided dispatch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that shows where all my units are at all times. Yeah. And that's where I put my cases in where I'm going to attach an officer to them. And that's what the officers and deputies and um, fire department and our new EMS can see in their vehicles on their uh, portable MDCs. Oh, that's fantastic. So, uh, and they can read my call comments. So if like, for example, I've got um, a, a dog running loose down Main Street, instead of me having to use radio time, the animal control officer can just go in and read what my call comments are. So she doesn't have to get on the radio and talk to me. I can just attach her to it and then she's off and running to catch and, a dog. And they either have a computer on board or like a, a mobile device? Um, I think everything's MDC right now. I don't think anything. Panasonic Tough Books. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. And and ping, I got a message. Exactly. It's They'll here. hear, they hear sounds in their cars and stuff, and it's because I've attached them to a call. 
So we've been able to do a lot of voiceless dispatching since we've gone with MDCs in the vehicles, which has made it a lot easier on dispatchers because we don't have officers and dispatchers trying to talk over the top of each other on a radio. Um, and then we have a mapping system. We actually have two mapping systems. So when 911 comes in, if it is a cell phone, it should what we call triangulate um, within like a hundred yard radius of where the phone call has come in from, um, when it works properly. Sometimes we have glitches in the system and of course, you know, radio or cell phone towers and everything like that always have some kind of issue, but it's pretty accurate. In fact, yesterday, funny story, we had a toddler dialing 911 repeatedly to tell him, uh, tell us about his new car. (laughs) And he, by the time we located him he called 13 times oh my goodness and because of our ability to uh triangulate around a 911 we he was in an apartment building and we found the exact apartment and went and had a conversation with his mother who thought she had given him a deactivated phone but all deactivated phones still dial 911 Wow. So so, so yeah. she thought she was giving him something innocent. Yes. And, and here he he was, he was gonna have a conversation. Oh he did. He had several conversations. <laughs> That is fantastic. All right. On that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. More with the chief of the Sheridan Police Department and communications technician, Cindy Shepard Godwin. After this, stay with us. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM, Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Bighorn Baseball Club is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust, Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Brackleton's fine food and spirits for dinner tonight. How about Andy's chilled pasta salad with shells, lemon basil aioli, oven dried tomatoes, and breaded chicken? Or the Frack Burger, a six ounce hand patted beef with avocado spread, bacon, butter, lettuce, Thousand Island, and brioche bun? Or try our tenderloin filet, bacon, onion, gorgonzola sauce, sweet potato pave, spinach chiffon day. Be sure to ask your server about Frackleton's wine pairings for your selection. Due to crazy weather, Midas has extended the tire sale until April 15th. Buy three Cooper or hand-cooked tires and get one free. That's right, one free now through April 15th. Plus, you'll get up to $100 mail-in rebate from the manufacturer. Midas also has big savings on brakes, shocks, fluid flush, and more. Check out the Midas ad at the Country Bounty for details. Don't forget to roll into Midas by the 15th to get your free tire. Midas Tire and Auto, East Brundage Lane in Sheridan. Sportsman's Warehouse has clothing built to weather any storm. So let it snow and don't let the slop stop you. Get the gear you need to stay outside with their spring sale flyer in this week's Country Bounty. Sportsman's Warehouse is your premier dealer for outdoor gear, hunting, shooting, fishing, camping, hiking, trail running, boating, outdoor cooking, clothing, and footwear. I think that covers it. Sportsman's Warehouse, where they always guarantee lowest prices or they'll beat it. Open seven days a week on Brundage Lane in Sheridan. 
When you talk to your pets, this is what they hear. And your dog replies, Hey, Mr. Whiskers, I think he's saying we're getting new dog and cat food from Northwest Naturals. Raw diets for dogs and cats sold locally only at the Health Nut. He says Northwest Naturals has cat treats, too. Which means you guys stay here. I'm going to the Health Nut in Sheridan's 5th Street Mall right now. Jackalopes explore artificial intelligence. We have AI news anchors, and they can read and make it sound natural, but they don't understand it. There's no human emotion attached to it. Why, it's scary. They don't have that. There's no consequence for them going rogue. So the real danger is not these things becoming sentient. It's them it's, not it's them not being sentient. Being sentient. Like, and still having I'm the intelligence and the abilities, the physical abilities, to do stuff about it. Jackalopes Explore, a new weekly podcast at podcastwyoming.com. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. My guests this morning are the Chief of the Sheridan Police Department, Travis Koltiska, and Communications Technician, Cindy Shepard Godwin. Now, we are talking about National Public Safety Telecommunications Week, which is observed every second week in April. The week has been set aside to recognize and celebrate the work of telecommunicators all over the nation who help save millions of lives every day. Now, Chief, how is the Sheridan Police Department and the city of Sheridan going to celebrate or honor, I guess observe would be observe. the proper word, the National Public Safety Telecommunications Week? Well, um, I read a proclamation at the last council meeting signed by Rich Bridger uh, recognizing the week and the city of Sheridan recognizing their appreciation for our communication staff. Um, you know, in 28 years of law enforcement, I've never worked with a finer staff. I'll say that to this day. Um, they are just notes to the grand professionals and very caring people who really are doing this job to serve their community. Um, we're going to make sure that we try to highlight some of them on our social media. So watch our social media pages. They love that. <laughs> Don't they, Cindy? There's a reason why we're behind them. <laughs> We're going to try to highlight that, and there's always, uh, you know, we try to do some other little things for them that we, that we can do. Um, you know, it's one of those, while it's recognized one week, and, you know, I, I hope they all know the, the appreciation that they have from not only their community. I get, I get calls all the time, and I, and I don't often tell people, but I get a lot of calls from a lot of members across the community thanking officers or thanking communications, to, or communications to officers and technicians for the work they do. And, and you know, I... It, it's a it's a job that is everybody I, I've been asked before. Would you do that job? I'm like absolutely not. That that one. I I I just I just sent both Shelby and Cindy up here today, but that would have left the captain and I in charge of dispatch. That <laughs> could have been a potential disaster. Um, but you know it, it's it's a it's a tough and a challenging job. But I think it's super. You know, I I feel it's rewarding and it's as well because the the work they do is just it's an amazing job. I mean. They dispatch not only for the Sheridan Police Department, even though they're employees of the city. Our, our communications technicians dispatch for the Sheridan Police Department, the Sheriff's Office, EMS, seven fire districts, um, are, and we're primary for those search and rescue. And, um, and then we also assist all the state and federal agencies around. So wow. they are every year, 
um, they get busier and busier. Their job gets more tactical, more tactical, and they take it in stride and just continue to amaze me in the professionalism and their abilities that they have. So, um, you know, we, we'll definitely try to do some some things for them this week and recognize them. But uh, yeah, it, they're they're it's an appreciated job. I can tell can you. Can I that. can I request a vegetable tray and not donuts? Yeah, sure. Oh, there we'll you see go. What we can do <laughs> <laughs> veggie donuts. trays. Yeah, you know. I, I got to go with donuts, too. At some point, so. You know you know me. <laughs> Lots of options. That's the best way to go, that right? Lots of options. I'm taking notes. <laughs> well, that is funny because they will get inundated with food, too. It's, they, they, our community comes down and drops stuff off all the time, and it's phenomenal. that mm-hmm. yeah, you know, the, uh, the support we get from our community is that, that's what keeps, I think, a lot of us in this, in this line of work is knowing that support. When you get yes. beat up daily in the national news, your profession in general, and trust me, even though oftentimes it's geared towards police officers, the dispatchers own that as well because they're a part of the family and a part of the team and they're part of law enforcement. Yeah. So they own that, that, that um, you know, what's happening in the national. But this community and the support we get from this community, not, you know, not everyone loves us, trust me, but it's an overwhelming support that our organization gets and it's appreciated by everyone. I can tell you that from the heart. Um, and yeah, especially when it comes to holiday time, Lord... The food <laughs> is incredible. So it's just a great community to police in and a great community to be a member of law enforcement. And I can tell you that. Absolutely. And and Cindy, you know, you are the first voice of reason. Yeah, we are actually what they consider the first true response, first responder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I greatly appreciate, I, I know so many other people do, Appreciate the hard work and the burden that you guys take on when you accept this job and hear us in some of our scariest, Mm -hmm. some of our worst moments. Um, and, and like I said, you're the, you're the first voice that says, Hey, everything's going to be okay. We're Mm -hmm. on our way. Don't worry about it. I got your back. And, uh, that is so vital and, and important and valued mm-hmm. by our community. So thank you. Thank you and your team. And thank you for 23 years, 23 years. of dedicated service to I don't to even this. know what else I could do at this point. <laughs> I know. I've been so used to telling people where to go and what to do, and they have to do it. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything else you're, out there for me. You're going to have to find a job where you're like the, the supervisor right. somewhere, right? It'll definitely exactly. be in management. <laughs> Absolutely. Chief, Cindy, thank you both so much for coming in. I greatly appreciate you, and, and happy telecommunications week. Thank I you. greatly appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you. Floyd. When we come back. We're going to speak with the Johnson County Commission Chair, Bill Novotny. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Bighorn Baseball Club is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust, Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. 
When the unexpected happens, you may wonder what's next. Champion Funeral Home can help you through this phase of life. They provide support and personal services while helping you create a meaningful tribute to your loved one. Champion Funeral Home has been locally owned and operated since 1911, providing compassion and care to Sheridan and Johnson County. Visit Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6329. Wyoming Corporate Office is located at 30 North Gould Street in Sheridan, and they provide a myriad of services. What is a registered agent, you may ask? The real question is, what aren't they? Wyoming Corporate Office can assist you in forming your LLC or Wyoming-based corporation, provide mail forwarding service, and accept legal and financial documents, and so much more. Learn more today by visiting wyomingcorporateoffice.com. Your locally owned McDonald's is looking for a general manager, owner, Larry Storrow. Bob, as general manager, you will be responsible for helping lead as well as hire and develop all employees. You will work with the management team to set goals and create a plan to achieve these goals. A background in quick service restaurants is strongly desired or experience in hospitality or retail. You will help guide the entire operation for success. Apply for this general manager position online at mchire.com. That's mchire.com. Moss Holders Design Center is overstocked with accent chairs, club chairs, and recliners. So right now, every single chair and every individual recliner is on sale. Find the chair that fits your style best in stock or special order your favorite in a custom fabric or leather. Whether you'd like to swivel or have a matching ottoman, Moss Holders has choices. Or find the recliner with the best options for you. Whether that's a power headrest, a rocking recliner, or even a lift chair, Moss Holders has options. Moss Holders chair and recliner sale is going on now. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. Join Volunteers of America Thursday, April 13th at the Sheridan County Fairgrounds for their Empty Bowl fundraiser. This family-friendly event features gourmet soups donated and served by local restaurants, churches, and organizations. There will be music, children's games, and prizes. Tickets may be purchased in advance or at the door. Adults are $15, youth are $5, and kids under 5 are free. The Empty Bowl fundraiser, 5 to 6.30 p.m., April 13th. Supported in part by your friends at Sheridan Media. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. My next guest this morning is the chair for the Johnson County Commission, Commissioner Bill Novotny. Good morning, Commissioner. How are you? Hey, Floyd, I'm good. Did you make it over to Sheridan? I made it, sir. I did. Uh, I I found out, uh, thanks to Trevor, uh, what a rolling closure is. And uh, it's something that uh, he told me that he just learned what it was today. But uh, it's basically closing part of the road so that other communities within the vicinity do not get flooded with individuals who, who can't go any farther. Um, so passing the on-ramp today here in Sheridan, was a li- I just saw a line of trucks that have had to pull over and, and take a nap in the cab waiting for that road to open up. But you know, it it although it was a, it was a little hairy, a little skittish coming over. I'm pretty sure that road's going to be open 100% here pretty soon if it isn't already. Well, that's good and you know, we have to appreciate when YDOT does that. A little uncomfortable for some people, but it helps communities like Buffalo and especially KC uh, to not get overloaded when you do have limited services. And, you know, as we have experienced, this has been a real winner. And 
I, I really cannot thank enough the professionals that we have over at Johnson County Road and Bridge who were out super early this morning, uh, even though Johnson County School District uh, is in spring break and, and there's not necessarily bus routes, but they are out there uh, attacking where those drifts have come in over the last couple of hours and, and really working to get those roads open and, and passable. Uh, and, man, we have used up the, the budget this year for uh, diesel fuel and aggregate, whether it's salt or sand and gravel, to keep those roads safe, but uh, really just a bunch of consummate professionals working every day to, to keep people safe. And same goes for the White Dot guys, keeping that interstate open. Uh, I, I feel bad for the folks down on I-80. I think there's probably more days that it's been closed than open, uh, but that's the joy of living in the West. Absolutely. Uh, I lived on I-80 for a, a number of years. Um, Green River, Rock Springs, Laramie, and Cheyenne. And uh, I can tell you, that is probably the most dangerous section of freeway I have ever driven. And I have seen that in conditions that uh, I can't even describe right here. I, I, I watched a truck trying to drive up a hill, and he wasn't actually moving. But I, as I passed him, his tires were spinning. And all he wanted to do was get off that hill instead of slide backwards down that. And that was on the freeway. I mean, it really is just kind of part of life living here in the West. It, it really is. And, uh, you know, one of the things, obviously, we're, we're very, very thankful for all of this moisture, but we're going to have to be prepared here uh not that far away is for the spring thaw and potential for some flooding on the 15th of March. We actually had water going over 12 of our Johnson County roads in different places. Some of it was because we had culverts that had uh, frozen others, ice jams. And so, you know, we're going to see some high temperatures next week. We just need people to please be careful. Uh, If you do see roads that have water going over the top of them, uh, or especially in some of these dips, uh, you may not know quite how deep it is. So just people, please use your, your best judgment. Slow down. That protects the resource. Uh, you know, you're going to have muddy roads out there, and if you drive fast, you create ruts, you, you do damage. So just please uh, be respectful. Uh, try not to leave that traveled roadway to maybe get around a big mud puddle because then you cause resource damage in the the right-of-way that uh, impacts, uh, then we have to work on reclaiming it and cleaning that back up. So we just need people to please, as we hopefully move into spring and uh, mud season, that people are, are responsible and respectful. Absolutely. Uh, now, sir, are there areas within Johnson County uh, that traditionally have to deal with flooding? You know, one of the biggest areas that we usually see damage is down at Dead Horse. Uh, And a lot of times you can see it from the interstate uh, as you're coming from Gillette before you hit the Powder River rest stop. Uh, This is just a huge convergence of different draws that drain a lot of different areas. Then you have a lot of cottonwoods in that area. It plugs stuff up. Uh, This is out on Helen and Tom Jones's place. Uh, it, it's a beautiful ranch out there, but uh, there's a lot of oil and gas traffic that use that road. But that is really typically where we see a lot of our big problems. Sometimes it gets backed up going under the interstate there. 
Uh, sometimes they're actually the water's flowing through and it, it backs up when it runs into our county road. That's a big area. We've got some spots down at KC. Uh, we were actually supposed to have Anita Bartlett with the conservation district uh, from KC up to go over a couple of projects that they're worried about that we're seeing some washing on Powder River. Uh, one is actually starting to threaten the water treatment uh, lagoons for the town of KC. There's another spot in Harold Gerard Park. Uh, weather was bad, so Anita didn't come up from KC yesterday. She'll brief us at our next commissioner's meeting on that. But we, we do see that on the southern half of the county. Uh, we've seen flooding in, in the city of Buffalo before. Floyd, as you can remember, a couple of different instances where uh, water comes down the draws uh, kind of over by the golf course and can come in and impact areas. Obviously, you've got a bridge uh, across Clear Creek that is involved with Klondike that is a little bit that's a little bit lower. They're always worried about maybe a tree uh, or some debris getting stuck under that and pushing water out. So really some areas. And, and it's a good problem to have that we're worried about water because it's been a couple of dry years. Yeah, absolutely. And and what I'm hoping, uh, my fingers are crossed, no more snow, but I'm hoping that the temperatures don't skyrocket on us, uh, you know, like a rubber band and someone lets go of one side and all of a sudden spring decides to catch up to itself and we're in the middle of summer and we're all standing by the creek as it rises and, and you know, just looks like a torrent, like the Snake River down uh, there, Jackson Hole Canyon. It's, it's you know, I'm yearly I like to go down and see that runoff. And this year, I'm just hoping that it's uh, not as dramatic as I unfortunately know it's probably going to be. Now, recently, sir, Johnson County's commissioners actually uh, considered two resolutions to add two roads to the county's roles. Now, this was requested by County Road and Bridge Supervisor Scott Perringer. Sir, what I was wondering uh, was, could you explain why Mr. Perringer brought this request to the commission concerning these two roadways? It is, and, and one of these roadways is actually one of our older, what people assumed was a county road, and that's the road into the Johnson County Fairgrounds. Uh, Johnson County Fairgrounds has been there since about 1910, uh, but the access point into it was an easement, and so uh, we were in the process of doing what we call our road records remediation, which we've been going through very uh, systematically examining how roads are recorded in the surveys and plats and to make sure that they match where they lie. And if they don't, then we uh, work with the impacted landowners to get a proper survey uh, and get that recorded so that, uh, you know, as property changes hand and people have questions about access, that the the road records actually match what's on the ground. And so uh, a, a road that forever people assume was a county road is now officially a county road. And then also uh, in the 90s, there was a second access into the fairgrounds that was added um, just kind of north of it. It's called, I believe, Cowboy Trail. And uh, that was also just as a recorded easement. And so now it is also officially a county road. And so um, these are things that we're not entirely sure why they never were uh, officially designated, but we are are cleaning those up. Uh, The next area that the engineer that's working on the road record remediation project for us is going to start working on Tipperary Road. Uh, And that is a good old road uh, that services a lot of ranch families, uh, can eventually end up in Sheridan County. 
And so, um, again, we need what you had was as they were building the road, they'd come to an obstacle or a draw, and uh, it was easier to go around. And so that's just what they did. They did a handshake deal with the, the landowner, and nothing ever was really recorded, but that's the way the county road is always uh, line and the need now to get actual recorded uh, surveys and, and get that uh, on the plat. So that's what we've been working on for quite some time. Uh, sir, does this affect a budget like when we add roads or miles of roads to our road system within the county? Is that something that you can kind of say, hey, look, we've got this much road and the more road I've got, the more cost to maintain? So does this help or hinder the budget? Well, it, it, it's kind of a net zero. And this is, Floyd, this is a great question because uh, Johnson County has not added any county roads for many, many years. We essentially have had a moratorium because absolutely that. Once it becomes a county road, it becomes the responsibility of the county to maintain it. Uh, and so we were already maintaining Cowboy Trail and Fairgrounds Road because they were the access points for the Johnson County Fairgrounds. Uh, Fairgrounds gets used year-round, so that designation really doesn't impact the budget. But if we were to add a road, then absolutely, that's additional miles. You know, we've got over 500 miles of county roads in the state. It's one of those uh, things that if you look across the state, there are more county roads than, than highways or interstates, and just how important they are for commerce, for people to live where they want to live. Uh, and so those county roads are essential. And, and, you know, we really can absorb a bunch of hits to the county roads. And when you look at the cost of maintaining a mile of a gravel road versus a mile of a hard surface road, whether it is asphalt uh, or um, concrete, it gets quite expensive. And so uh, we are very, very budget conscious about when you're adding uh, county roads. And I know everybody wants their county road to be uh, their Well, the road in front of their home to be a county road, but we do have a lot of private roads that you have inside developments uh, that have never been brought into the county road system. And I don't anticipate those roads to be brought into the county road system just because of the financial impact to our budget. Absolutely. I, and I, I think I could completely understand that. Uh, you know, once it turns off onto private property, uh, then, then the negotiations have to begin. It does, and so that's why in certain areas you'll see uh, a road use agreement of all the people that live there. Maybe they have a homeowners association. You know, a couple years ago, the county actually was involved with a lawsuit with a developer of Emerald Park because part of his development agreement uh, when he did that subdivision that was that he was going to uh, blacktop the roads, and, and he wasn't doing it, and so we said, well, as part of your subdivision agreement, you said after you sold this many lots, you were going to do it. Ultimately, that got paved, but uh, you don't typically see the county involved in disputes like that. But uh, those are, are typically uh, civil matters between the folks that live uh, in those subdivisions. But in this case, uh, the county stepped up. We, we did, Floyd, and that yeah. uh, purely was because of the uh, – agreement that was put in place when that subdivision was created. But that's a very rare occasion. Now, sir, I'm going to switch subjects on you. Uh, we've only got about four minutes left, but I, I know this is something you definitely want to address. April is Child Abuse Prevention Month. 
Commissioner, how does the Johnson County Commission like to recognize this vital month of observation? Well, we work with a lot of the key partners in the state, the child abuse coalitions that are working to prevent that, our sheriff's office, our county attorney's office, the school districts, uh, all of the folks that interact with children and making sure. And so if we actually get uh, enough melt on the courthouse lawn, you'll see the pinwheels will be up. Uh, but we just uh, it's so important that, that everyone uh, is on the lookout for uh kids that may be in distress, uh, and that we all work to prevent child abuse and neglect. And, uh, you know, it, it shouldn't be uh, one month a year. It should be 12 months a year. But this is one of those times that we highlight the importance of, of paying attention and, and making sure that those who are the most vulnerable in our society are, are protected uh, and that because um, they really are the future. And so we've got to make sure that, that we're looking out for the young people in our community. Absolutely. Now, uh, just real quick, if you could comment, um, recently Wyoming Senator and Senate Western Caucus Chair Cynthia Lummis, along with four of her colleagues, introduced a Forest Protection and Wild Firefighter Safety Act. Uh, I've only got two minutes left, sir, but uh, do you happen to know what this act addresses in regards to wildfire? I, I do. I do, Floyd, and this is huge, especially for Buffalo for story for all the cabin owners on the mountain, there is a radical environmental group out of Montana that has sued the Forest Service to prohibit them from using uh, aerial retardant to fight fires. Uh, and they are saying that it's a violation of the Clean Water Act because they don't get a permit each time they want to drop fire retardant. And when they drop fire retardant, they take extra care to make sure that they are not doing it close to waterways. Uh, but it is a tool that we absolutely have to keep in our toolbox to protect our communities, to protect health and safety. You know, I think of 1988 when an arsonist let the big horn, the, the Ben Franklin store in downtown Buffalo on fire. We would have lost the entire downtown had there not been an aerial tanker that dropped that fire retardant on our downtown to help extinguish that fire. That was a tanker that was fighting the, the fire uh, in the big horns in 1988. And so, uh, to me, it's just insane. So I applaud uh, Senator Lummis and her colleagues for putting this bill forward that says this is an exempt practice from the pollutant discharge uh, requirements. They don't need a permit each time they drop, uh, and we need this to protect health and safety. And you know what, sir? I could not agree more. I want to thank you so much for calling in this morning. All right. Have a good one, please. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Bighorn Baseball Club is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust, Shared Media Present, Community Commitment, member FDIC. 
You bagged your trophy elk. Now imagine having its ivory handcrafted into the perfect piece of jewelry. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, their in-house jewelers can take your memory of the big hunt and preserve it into fine pieces of jewelry to last generations. Using your imagination, the skilled jewelers at Legacy Diamond and Gems can create something truly exceptional. Visit them at 11 North Main Street or online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. Hurry in now. Branded with quality, Shipton's Big Art. It's all right here, everything you need, Shipton's Big Art. It's finally springtime, and Shipton's Big R and Carhartt have a fantastic offer to get you dressed for the season. For a limited time, you can get Carhartt's best-selling pocket t-shirt, the K87, priced at two for $30. Big and tall is slightly higher. The rugged cotton design and clean look have made Carhartt's K87 pocket tee a favorite for decades. Made with heavyweight cotton to handle tough days on the job, with a loose fit that gives you room to move, and a soft feel that only gets better with time. You'll find plenty of colors and sizes at Shipton's Big R. In fact, Shipton's Big R has your largest, most complete selection of Carhartt apparel, including shirts, jackets, vests, jeans, and caps. The Carhartt K87 t-shirt offer, two for $30, is available right now at Shipton's Big R on Sugarland Drive in Sheridan. Right now, all individual recliners, accent chairs, and club chairs are on sale at Moss Holders Design Center. With loads of in-stock options, you can find the chair or recliners that fit your needs best. Even if you can't find the perfect option in stock, all special orders will be discounted as well. Choose from swivel chairs, fabric or leather recliners, and chairs with matching ottomans. Every chair and every recliner will be discounted. That's Moss Holders Chair and Recliner Sale, going on now. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. Oh, did you inherit a home that you don't want? Maybe it's run down or in the part of town that you don't like. And dealing with getting it cleaned up and listed is one more thing that you don't need on the plate. Wire Renovation is here to help. No matter the condition or the location, Wire Renovation will take a look and make you a cash offer with minimal bank involvement. WireRenovation.com. Bringing the properties back to life. 103.9 FM is News Talk 930, KROE, Sheridan. K-R-